0: Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. W. Orshaw.ie
1: Now good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you for the next hour. Bringing you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now thank you all for joining me. And yes, another week has passed since I was speaking to you all and another week of rain, unfortunately. Apart from yesterday, there was a slight reprieve. In a moment, I'll be speaking to Cahill Nolan from Ireland's Weather Channel on Facebook and hopefully he will have some good news for us. God knows we all need it at this stage. A suckler cow reduction is something we're going to be speaking about on the programme this evening. It's something that Minister McConlock stated he would not be pushing. However, Adam Woods from the Irish Farmers Journal feels that farmers are being forced out of the industry due to a lack of support. And with Chagas modelling a 29% reduction in suckler numbers between now and 2030, suckler farmers are up in arms that this reduction is seen to be necessary to meet climate targets. More on this later when Adam joins me here on the programme. Chagas have published interim income figures for 2023. So every year, Chagas will do a survey at the end of the year and they'll do an income survey on what areas earned what amount on average. So every year around this time, July, they will come out with interim figures. And obviously enough, these figures. Uh, for 2023, are not going to be as strong as 2022. 2022 was a unicorn year for dairy farming, and income levels are set to drop by up to 50%, with an average income of about 70,000 euro projected for this year. That's down from roughly 145,000 last year. And as I said, 2022, just a really exceptional year. Chagas economist Trevor Donlan joins me later in the programme. He's going to go through the figures for all of the different areas of agriculture and it makes for really interesting listening. Kieran McAvoy, Tillage Chairman from the IFA, will join me later to speak about how tillage farmers may have to finish up with spring crops in certain parts of the country, the way the weather is playing out. Uh, The 10-day limit on shallow cultivation and an update from the Tillage Vision Group is also on the cards later in the program. That 10-day limit on shallow cultivation, the farm bodies are looking to get that pushed out because it's so challenging to even get straw baled in dry conditions now. Uh, Kieran, I was speaking to him earlier, was talking about a uh, tillage farmer who has straw down for over a month at this stage so uh, that's one of the areas we're going to be covering a little bit later here on the program now as always text the show with comments thoughts or questions to 083 30 10 103 in a moment the shannon callows and water levels again weather 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 rain 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 and water is something which we are covering in all of our aspects of the program tonight because it's just very hard to get away from it in agriculture at the moment and Pat Murphy from Connacht IFA will be speaking to me uh, about the Shannon Callows in a moment but first Kahal Nolan from Ireland's Weather Channel joins me on the line. Kahal uh, I only come to you in times of crisis and are we in a rain crisis uh, territory at this stage it seems to be raining forever.
2: A very good evening, N J, and I suppose yes. Look at at the moment, we certainly are seeing above average rainfall across the country. It's been that way really now for over a month since we saw those very pleasant conditions, obviously in the month of May and into early June. We see the transformation, I believe, in the weather conditions since then. And look at looking ahead for the next seven to ten days. Unfortunately, looking at the weather models at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much of an improvement. It's really down i suppose in part to the weather patterns that are at play and obviously they're linked into let's say the heat wave conditions that are being experienced in the southern half of europe but then very west cooler conditions across northwest of europe
1: and carl how come everyone's wondering we're not getting the tail end of this uh, european heat wave we saw temperatures up on 50 degrees in italy last week even if we had half of it for a few days here we'd be delighted
2: we certainly would. I suppose the reason that we're seeing that split in conditions is down to the mode of the jet stream, let's say. So typically we would see jet stream speeds a lot higher. So there's a tendency for the jet stream to go along a straight line. When we see that, we see a mixture of conditions in this part of the world. So we see some good weather that we see it alternate back, poor conditions. There's a little bit of flow and flux to it. Whereas at the moment, essentially what's happened is because of weaker speeds of the jet stream, it's starting to meander a little bit. So when it meanders, it's stuck in certain patterns. If you find yourself on the right side of that pattern, you obviously get in very warm conditions, you get very dry conditions, heatwave conditions, that is the case across the southern countries of Europe at the moment. But unfortunately, if you're on the northern side of that jet stream, you're, you're certainly subjected to much cooler conditions. And with that, you are also then have a tendency to see quite a lot of precipitation too. So that's the reason we're not seeing the tail end of those conditions at present.
1: Hard to predict longer term, Carl. but seven to ten days is unsettled. Have we any ideas then for on into August, mid-August, maybe a early september indian summer is what we're all hoping for fingers crossed i
2: suppose there's no definitive answer really would be the question for that looking at the trends and that's what we look at when we're looking beyond a 10-day period we do start to see signs of high pressure trying to nudge in from the southwest pressure rising off the west coast as we go on towards the end of the first week of august so maybe around the fourth fifth of august that may herald, i suppose an improvement to conditions and maybe a second coming in terms of the irish summer that's the best case scenario Looking at, I suppose, some of the more monthly forecasts, there still is a tendency in the heat, I suppose, for drier conditions as we go in through the month of August, excluding the first few days that seem pretty unsettled based on the models at the moment. So there is still hope.
1: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. We always have hope, uh, Carl, and uh, farmers, especially uh, more than most, I think, never give up hope. Before I let you go, Carl, you are studying a PhD. You're coming to the end of it, but your uh, dissertation is on a very interesting area. Uh, can you just tell us what it is on again, please?
2: Of course. Yeah. So the area of, I suppose, research that I was focusing upon was in relation to further crisis events and the, how climate change is having an impact in terms of future fodder production in Ireland. So again, the kind of research and I suppose the conclusions that we've come out of that is that on account of temperatures increasing, we are seeing, I suppose, an extension of the grass growing season so with that more favorable conditions now obviously the caveat when it comes to climate change is that we can see i suppose years interspersed where we see potentially heat wave conditions with drought conditions as was the case let's say in 2018 and then also you can have years where you get stuck let's say in a set pattern whereby you get a very wet summer as is the case with this year now so while overall it's a net benefit let's say in terms of grass growth at least there still is that risk potentially of having some very lean years too. So it's a case of being prepared for those lean years, having a little bit of extra stock left over if you can at all and maybe changing towards maybe a multi-seed sword as well as you can get greater yields from that.
1: Yeah, good advice, Cahill. No question about it. I'll say many thanks for joining me here on the programme and fingers crossed for August. Thanks, Cahill.
2: Pleasure as always, M.D. Take care.
1: Uh, Colin Nolan there from Ireland's weather channel you can check that out on Facebook now we're keeping on the area of weather and rain and we are talking to Pat Murphy from Connect IFA Pat many thanks for taking my call this evening you're welcome good evening everyone uh, Pat, you are involved in work around the Shannon and the Shannon Callows and obviously it affects lots of our listeners here in Offaly and Westmeath. Uh, water levels look very, very high, even on the best of land at the moment. So no doubt on the Callows, quite high. Uh, what is happening at the moment? Uh, Pat, can you give us an update, please?
3: Yeah, what's happening at the minute? Look, at all the gates are open on the Mealy Gweir and the New cut near the Victoria Lock. Um, farmers have been in contact with me right through the month of July. So I I contacted OPW, part of my role in IFA, contacted the OPW on the 6th of July and have been in continual and nearly daily contact with them since. And in fairness, they have engaged. The purpose is to try and make sure that we get as much water flowing through Mealik as we possibly can to try and save the callos. Callos, the farmers on the callos, uh, they can cut before the 15th of July due to various farm schemes. Uh, and look, what we could see the 15th of July coming this year with very broken weather, and farmers were telling me, look, what, water levels are rising. There was alarm among the farmers. So we tried to get the gates open as much as we could and as quickly as we could. We would love to have them open a couple of weeks earlier. We would love to have a bit more capacity in the system, but look, what, as Carl outlined there with the way the weather has coming, it has been just a nightmare situation for the guys in the callos.
1: And uh, Pat, I'm asking possibly a silly question here, but uh, we're talking about having the gates open. Uh, I've, uh, you rarely see the Shannon um, with not a, a, a lot of water in it, uh, so keeping the gates closed, you're wondering, wh- what's the benefit of gates being closed down in Mealik and a, a backflow of water, which could lead to flooding? Would it would not be, make more sense to have them open all the time, regardless of the weather?
3: Well, from a farming point of view, we would love that. But the problem is, farmers are not stakeholders on the Shannon. The various stakeholders are. Waterways Ireland, Inland Fisheries and the ESB and they need a certain level of water for their own interests and in that for example Waterways Ireland with the amount of boating that's going on in the Shannon they don't want boats rubbing along the bottom so that's why water level has been kept uh, at a level all year round problem is what we're finding here is you know, call it management, call it what you want is that there isn't enough capacity for heavy rain that we've seen in the recent times. Like we could we knew well once we had the fine spell May in the May, early June that look there was a break coming, we would love to have seen that the water levels could have been dropped at that time to create a certain amount of capacity. Uh, and that's why we've tried to get the gates open now and that's the reason for the gates is to keep a certain level there for the various interests.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, Pat, look, we'll say many thanks for joining me here on the programme, giving us an update there and, uh, look, fingers crossed that the uh, farmers will be able to access that land and we we'll get a bit of dry weather in the next couple of weeks. Many I, th- would
3: ju- I would say, MJ, just look at, the weather will clear again and listen to the call there, we're talking about the end of the first week and the second week in August. Hopefully, fingers crossed, just look at, tell farmers to be positive and keep positive and hopefully that we can keep the gates open and that the levels will be at a level that when the weather clears, they can get in and get the hay and silage, if they can at all. So that's our job and that's our priority.
1: Absolutely, 100%. Many thanks, Pat. Thanks, Imjia. Uh, Pat Murphy there from Connacht IFA. And as Pat said, yeah, look, it is important. Keep keep positive. It's tough these last couple of weeks where you're looking out every day and it's rain. And I know at the end of the programme, we're speaking about tillage, Kieran McAvoy from Leash, and tillage farmers really feeling the pinch at the moment with the rain. And it is hard to see uh, light at the end of the tunnel when you're just looking at the rain every single day, regardless. And uh, it's important to aim to keep positive. As uh, Cahill said, look, uh, seven to ten days. And we are getting breaks. I will say, look, yesterday was a good day as well. So fingers crossed that, look, we get to the end of this and uh, we can have a a summer or a a decent few weeks of some sort. Just a couple of news items that caught my eye. Well, it's a news item that actually had Peter Ging on last week from Ossery Show and as you'll be well aware, especially in County Leash, Ossery Show was postponed last week again due to heavy rainfall and it's been moved on to this Sunday coming. So that is the plan for Ossery Show. Uh, I also saw Holly Cairns TD uh, she said that the uh, IFA are denying reality in relation to climate change. So did a little bit of research on Holly. She comes from a small kind of a micro dairy organic farm down in Cork, South West, has a degree, a uh, master's actually in organic h- horticulture. So look, she does know what she's talking about when it comes to this area. But have to say denying reality in relation to climate change is a stretch. Uh, the uh, the IFA are involved in no more than the other farm organizations. I suppose she was calling all farming all farming organizations really when you said the IFA that they are denying reality but encouraging members to do everything in relation to low emission slurry um, multi-species sward protected urea Uh, all farmers are involved in this the the push on people going into organics everybody is involved in uh, aiming to reduce the carbon footprint of agriculture at the moment and I think it's a bit of a, a swipe at farmers and maybe something that you knew was going to get some headlines, but uh, to deny reality, I think it's a bit much, no question about it. Also, something I saw uh, for solar panels this week, if you've put in for a solar grant in Tams and you haven't been contacted yet, uh, I don't think anybody has. The reason for that is it has been hugely oversubscribed. That is the word from the energy conference in Gartine last Thursday, that they were or are i should say present tense 700 applications for this solar scheme and the department thought there might be three to 350 so fingers crossed that if you put in for this you don't get a letter back saying that the grant aid is going to move from 60 percent down to 50 percent in order to accommodate everyone uh fingers crossed that money will be available for all people who have put in for solar because if we can't be funded on solar uh, to give a boost to green energy on farms then i really don't know what the government policy is in relation to this it's the one really really obvious thing that farmers can do they can put solar panels on sheds existing sheds feed it back to the grid it's a really positive thing so hopefully funding will be there and it needs to be there no question about it now coming up after the break we're talking about beef with adam woods from the irish farmers journal and whether or not suckler farmers are going to be guided to reduce numbers. A 29% reduction is what was put out by Chagas last week as necessary to meet our climate targets for 2030. And uh, Adam thinks that's a little bit unfair, so we're going to talk about that in just a moment.
0: Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Telemore, Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. WORSHOW.ie
1: and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to Beef and Adam Woods from the Irish Farmers Journal joins me. Adam, many thanks for taking my call this evening. All good, James, yeah. Uh Adam, suckler farmers are a little confused. We heard a figure last week of a reduction of 29% of cow numbers between now and 2030 to meet our climate targets. But not too long ago, Minister McConlogue uh, came out and stated specifically there wouldn't be a suckler cow reduction scheme. So where do we stand?
4: Yeah, yes, we we can't do it, MJ. Quite, really, really simple. We can't meet our 25% reduction in 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 GHG emissions uh, by by having the same amount of animals in this country by twenty thirty. And I guess projections are that that the suckler herd will will reduce um, over that time, and that will 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 fill some of the hole that we need uh, in terms of uh, meeting meeting that climate change target. But the minister will will continually say that there will be no will say involuntary cull of the suckler herd. But my argument is that policy will shift uh, suckler farmers away from, from the land. There's there a huge amount of pressure out there at the moment in relation to reduced supports you know, you've got convergence, you've got uh, less environmental payments, you've got reduced supports on, on suckler cows, and then you've got all the other angles as well. You've got forestry, you've got anaerobic digestion, you've got der- the derogation issue. Is, well, people think that's a dairy problem, but actually it's a, it's a problem for everybody because the dairy farmer has the firepower to go out and rent ground um, to reduce their stocking rates, and that pushes a suckler farmer off, off the land. You know, we, we can't compete. Suckler farmers can't compete with, with land rental values of 400 and 500 euros an acre. It's just not possible. The economics isn't in that system where it is, it is in dairy so that pushes and it's policy that is driving that suckler cow exodus um, out of the country.
1: Um, being devil's advocate Adam if Minister McConnel was here or representative he'd come back to you now and he'd say well hold on for a second on the supports we have the the, the skep is coming in there's going to be a weighing scheme for suckler cows as well it could get up to I think the, the skep can be 230 a cow uh, 70 it could be up in 250 maybe 280 a cow depending on it so they'll probably argue look we are giving the support but you're saying it's not enough
4: it's only replacing, it's not even replacing MJ, what money has been taken out of those farms in terms of if you take a, a farm with an entitlement value of 500 euros a hectare, um, you know, on, on we'll say maybe 150 acres, they're looking at a, an income cut of 10, 11,000 um, in, in 2023 compared to where they were in 2022 as a result of the changes that have came in there. So it's not even replacing that suckler cow, we'll say that skip payment, and, and we're expecting an announcement next week on a, on a beef welfare payment as well. But if we go back to the early noughties, in terms of suckler cow premium, we're up at €380, €400 a suckler cow in terms of supports going into that system. Um, It it was a different time. It was was where a suckler cow was acknowledged as regards the good job that that was doing. And in terms of maintaining that family farm um, that's there, we're we're, going to lose that because farming will get bigger. uh, We'll have have huge farms operating on a large scale and and they'll just be pushing out those smaller units. And and that's the model we seem to be um, accepting as to where we're going.
1: Are individual farmers a little bit to blame on this, uh, Adam, when it comes to, say, breeding, for example, on suckler farms? You might drive along and you could see a a Hereford cross cow and, you know, she'd be nothing special and she might have had a a calf maybe 15 months ago and the breeding wouldn't be fantastic. It might be from a bull that doesn't have excellent genetics. And this is kind of indicative of maybe smaller farms. Then these farmers are complaining a little, going, look, well, we're not making any money on it. We'll have to go at something else. Whereas you know chris mccarty from crooked wood uh, had him on the program here a while ago and it was right up in the journal on him and he's making a a lot more than your average uh, suckler farmer but his breeding is top 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 quality does it come down to individuality a little and if you really want to do it you you still can and you can kind of complain if you don't want to and allow things to slip
4: yeah i I suppose it's difficult MJ, because the vast majority of farms are part-time and maybe they're not dependent on that as their as their main source of income, they're working off farm. So so farming, you, you know, it's, I, I won't say it's a hobby, but it's a part time enterprise on the farm. What I would have loved to seen is I suppose give technology a chance here. We're, we're saying that we need 29% less suckler cows. What about bringing in an incentive? I, I went to the beef conference, Chuggers Beef Conference in the autumn time, and they said that a two year old calf was was a really big driver of lowering GHG emissions on on beef farms. Why not bring that in as part of a, a SCEP program or as part of a beef welfare program that that to try and incentivise, I guess, two-year-old carbon on farms. like We're failing there. Over the last 20 years, we haven't really went up in terms of two-year-old carbon. The dairy herd is very good, and the beef herd isn't. But if we incentivize some of those uh, technologies um, and, and, and give technology a chance and give farmers a chance through support uh, to to change things out there, I think we could go a long way there. Now, now it's still going to be very, very difficult uh, to meet that target um, without reduced animal numbers, but what's very frustrating in all this is that within those projections, there's an 8% growth in the dairy herd uh, heading to 2030. So we're almost saying to one sector of society, drive on, no issue, 1% growth a year, whereas whereas the rest is, is coming back. And the the nub of all this is that if you have policy advisors sitting around a table um, in Ag House next year or the year after, and somebody says, look, we've got a call there, we need to do something for the suckler cow, we need to support it, everybody else around that table is going to say, why? hold on a second, we need 29% less of these suckler cows. We don't need to be supporting any of these here at all because we want less of them. And that's what's really frustrating from my point of view in terms of uh, we're sort of turning our back on a sector that for parts of the west of Ireland, there is nothing else, uh, MJ. Mm. You know, we talk about reducing, you know, slaughter age and and there'll be more and more dairy beef. Um, You know, I've travelled the country. I've been in Donegal the last couple of days. And and it's, you know, there's parts of that, that western seaboard. You will not slaughter dairy beef calves at 22 months off a lot of that land. The suckler cow is there because there's nothing else there. Um, and if you take as well, I don't know. I was in Claremorris on Monday night, I was speaking in an IFA meeting, and I was just saying, it costs about eight hundred, nine hundred euros to keep a suckler cow. Uh, we're going to take whatever two hundred and fifty thousand of them out of production over the next sort of eight years. You multiply that up by eight hundred, it's billions, billions and billions taken out of a local economy in the counties. You know, where, where there isn't anything else, so the cost of keeping a sucker cow is, you know, contractor for silage, fertilizer, meal, uh, vet, all that is spent locally. So if you take that out and, and, and we, we hear this rewilding or rewetting, there won't be a lot spent in, in a local economy if, if, if that happens, you know.
1: 100% Adam, you're you're speaking to converted in, in relation to that, no question about it. You talked about dairy beef as well, I saw something from the ICSA earlier in the week where they said that dairy beef needs to be able to aim to do a kilo per day per animal. And if you go into marts now and you see store cattle, they're, they're maybe achieving half of that. Really, that's a huge problem as well. I know it's, it's kind of a side to the sucker, but look on, on the topic of beef. But that is a massive, massive issue as well.
4: It is, but that goes back to genetics. Like I, I'll, I'll throw that straight back to the dairy farmer as regards what genetics has been used on that dairy herd. Like We've, we've seen for the last 10 years, um, you know, short gestation, easy calving bulls have been used in the dairy herd with no regard whatsoever uh, for beef genetics. Um, and, and it's I, I don't like to hear that in terms of maybe dairy farmers coming to talk to a beef farmer about low weight gain. A lot of that low weight gain is due to, uh, to a cow type being driven towards 450, 500 kilos um, of a mature weight. That's highly heritable back down to the calf that she has. So uh, we, we really need to talk about there. I suppose that national DNA testing program is going to be a big, big positive there because we have CBVs now coming on calves. And hopefully next spring. Beef farmers will see that a low CBV value calf is, is, is isn't worth as much as a high CBV calf, and hopefully then in turn, it's a chicken and egg situation, that in turn then breeding will change um, on dairy farms. I still be very concerned about cow type and the implications that will have on on dairy beef in the future. No matter what bull we put on some of those cows, uh, we still won't be able to get up to a to a decent, you know, carcass weight of you might say 300 kilos. There's a lot of those cows that are only breeding maybe carcass weights of 230, 240, 250 massive challenge there for the whole industry not alone the farmer in terms of making money but even the whole industry in terms of marketing that lighter carcass in the future
1: yeah who rare them is the question adam just before you go the beef trade in general uh, not fantastic news for it's just a word on the market on the factory trader should say uh, first please yeah look i don't
4: want to be negative mj but it is it's under a bit of pressure there and look I'd have, I'd have genuine fears there for the autumn time in terms of you know we've lost 42 cents there since the first of may it's been chipped away at week on week and Usually the traditional squeeze will come on in August, September when you get that flush of grass, cattle out to grass. That has already happened. Like we're, we're 40 cent down of where we were. You know, speaking to some industry people, they reckon you know very hot temperatures across Europe maybe leading to not less beef being sold. the 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 contrast is in, in the UK in terms of. The July we've just had is really wet and miserable and maybe not a lot of barbecues going on. So it's just a bit of pressure there on the demand side. And also then in the back of your head is, is that Australian piece. You know, like it ramped up exports 400 tonne in, in June for the first month of that trade deal. Um, so uh, you, 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 there's a lot of pressures coming on there and I'd just be a little bit worried about where we're heading um, for that autumn time.
1: Uh, trade obviously, uh, Adam, after taking a dip as well uh, with that. Uh, in general, what way are we looking for, um, say, store cattle?
4: Yeah, I guess Wienlands are probably the highlight of the trade, MJ, at the moment. You know, upwards there, that bull Wienland, 3-400 kilos, probably up at 340, 350. Um, Heifer cows probably tracking 20 cent behind. that. a really good export trade. Um, Exports up 20%. Um, in, in the first six months of the year there, which is really, really positive. Only issue concerned concern there is some of the Middle Eastern countries, a bit of political turmoil, a little bit of, with we'll us say, currency fluctuations, and that could leave their buying power to be a little bit less, but definitely the market rate. i in the paper this week, the market is probably the place to be at the moment because there is some Northern Ireland agents there operating as well, and you're probably getting more value in the market, but especially farmers with small numbers of cattle, I'd be saying the market is the place to go at the moment.
1: Very good. Look, many thanks, Adam, and we will speak to you again here on the programme. Thanks, MJ. Adam Woods there from the Farmer's Journal and uh, an impassioned, I should say, uh, cry there to suckler farmers. Adam, obviously, beef, 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 and uh, he just feels the suckler farmer is being left to one side. Hard to agree what he's saying, uh, to be honest. And the technology that has been used and is being used on uh, suckler animals with ICBF and with genetics and genomic schemes. Yeah, you have to just give a chance for that to filter through. And uh, there is no question about it. We'll be talking about incomes now in a moment with Trevor Donlan from Chagas and he'll say the average suckler income is 10,000 but that's an average of them all there are plenty of suckler farmers that have genetics really 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 well done and are making money you know not a patch on what you're going to make in dairying, but it can be a profitable industry and enterprise if you are doing your right breeding uh, and getting a, a proper calf on the ground there's no question about it there's any amount of farmers doing it but uh, Adam Fields is being left to one side and just to be clear if you're listening you think to yourself i'm going to have to get out of cows there is no obligatory scheme here for reduction of suckler cows that 29 percent rate is what has been mooted as being needed in order to meet these targets so basically as adam said the target for 2030 the 25 percent reduction in emissions can only be met if we have lesser animals in the country in five six years time seven years time than we do today and they recommended that would be 29% of suckler cows, 250,000 suckler cows, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Look, these things are all just being put out here at the moment, so who knows what's around the corner? But uh, uh, definitely can't see anyone talking about an increase in suckler cows. That's for sure. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about income and how dairy income for 2023 is looking to be half of what it was in 2022. So stay tuned for that.
0: Country Life on Midlands 103, brought to you by W O'Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore, supplier of New Holland tractors in the Midlands. W And you're
1: very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're talking about income, and we have Chagas economist Trevor Donlan on line. Trevor, many thanks for taking my call this evening. I'm uh, glad to be with you, MJ. Uh, so trevor the income survey we're speaking about now is your interim report for 2023 i know you'll have your final report towards the end of the year but looking at uh, a six monthly one we'll speak about dairy first so the the headline figure on this is average income going to be roughly half of last year the way things are going so you're looking at seventy thousand versus 140 odd thousand uh doesn't make for great reading for dairy farmers going to be disappointed but uh, it's a different totally different year than last year
5: yeah it is it's a, it's a hard landing uh very much mj uh, basically is what we're seeing in uh, 2023 uh, there's not a whole lot of movement on production cost uh this year and what we're actually seeing is that uh, all of that reduction really is due to the the big reduction that has happened in uh, milk price this year so milk price is back probably for the year more than 25% maybe even heading closer to 30% depending on how things plan out over the next few months and you know it hasn't been a a fantastic year weather wise either for for grass growth so all in all things not not in any way like uh, as good as they were last year on the dairy front.
1: And that average as well uh, Trevor that's uh, say 70,000 average that's for your average dairy farm which is roughly how many cows?
5: uh you'll be talking around at this stage i'd say about 93 dairy cows for the average herd
1: yeah so it is a yeah it's a a huge reduction there's no question about it but 2022 uh, trevor you're at this a long time 2022 was a kind of a very special year like do you feel you're going to see a year like that again
5: well it was very unusual uh mj right i mean you had a a kind of a, a range of things happening really you had all of the turmoil associated with what happened um Or what has happened in Ukraine on the one hand, which affected the market, but particularly even if that hadn't happened, we would have seen high milk prices last year because there just wasn't the growth in milk production globally that you would normally see uh, in 2022. And there was strong demand out there and that's what drove the price up.
1: And if we move on, Trevor, from uh, dairying, we move down through some of the other different sectors. We look at uh, tillage, and uh, tillage farm income is also forecast to be over 50% lower in 2023 than 2022. That's uh, again, that's a massive drop in tillage, considering the the headline figure isn't anywhere as close to the, uh, the dairy figure. Yeah, and again,
5: last year, I suppose, if you mentioned that briefly first, I mean, tillage had um, a pretty much fantastic year last year very good prices, uh, very good weather conditions. But things have rebounded quite significantly this year where uh, w- weather isn't as good and, and where we're looking at a significant price reduction as well of the order of around 20%. So when you factor in lower yields this year as well, then you're going to end up in a situation where with the the, the cost story probably, if, that, if anything, even up slightly on last year, uh, you're going to end up then in, in an income situation where Incomes are or, were or in uh, 2022.
1: Yeah, you're looking at average income in the system down to around 37,000 euro. And as you said, even uh, hard to predict at the moment with yields, but yields definitely going to be back on last year. A little bit of positive news then in the cattle side of things. And if we speak about uh, suckler farmers to increase by 15%, but 15% of not a huge amount of money isn't a big amount of money but it's still a benefit but your figure on Suckler Farms income to uh, about 10,800 euro and this is the figure that always kind of riles people up I suppose in some way uh, Trevor because there are some very efficient larger scale Suckler Farmers that are doing you know, a lot better than that but this is obviously an average of them all so when you take into account your very small maybe less productive farms this is where the figure comes to and it is eye-wateringly low at 10,800 euro
5: it is. It's. I mean, and, and that fifteen percent increase, just to put kind of hard numbers on, it is it'd probably be worth about uh, fourteen hundred euros, I suppose, uh, or, or thereabouts for the average um, suckler farm. So it's it's a uh, it's a low income. We've known that for a long time. The the farms are small. They're, they're not generating a huge volume in terms of sales, and they've got a a high cost base in there as well. You know, and um, and and as a result of that, very little in the way of a net margin so most of that income really is coming from their support payments and in fact some of the increase uh, we're going to see here in twenty twenty three, we reckon will be as a result of
1: uh, support payments under the new cap. What so, are your, um, the, not to be putting in t- uh, Trevor, you just mentioned the high high costs and those suckler systems. Say the west of Ireland, uh, those parts of the world would lowly stocked and maybe not going to say extensive amounts of land but look it wouldn't be very good quality but there might be a bit of it in it what, what would your, your your biggest cost be on those holdings well i <clears throat> when I say high costs i suppose i mean what i'm saying is high
5: high overhead costs mm. given the size the size of these farm operations but in terms of the direct costs obviously because they are extensive systems as you say those costs aren't, aren't enormous but you're looking at your uh, feed fertilizer and and diesel basically as your as your main cost items on, on those farms really you know and in terms of direct
1: cost of production yeah absolutely uh, if we move on then to well the other part of beef of course sucklers one side but dry stock then are finishing uh, finishing farmers did uh, well last year but uh, they expect to see a rise of five percent this year so that's up to nineteen thousand eight hundred. That is a figure where listeners are going to be saying, "Well, hold on for a second. We just heard Adam Wood saying that beef prices are on the on the slide, and there could be trouble for autumn finishers. But yet we're looking at um, a profit of just shy of twenty thousand euro, which, in a part-time enterprise, is not bad. That's 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 okay."
5: Yeah. Well, again, you know that that five percent increase is worth for those lads about a thousand euro on average, uh, compared to to last year in terms of additional income. But again, there I would I would caution that part of that increase is coming from um, the new the new cap supports that are in place. But yeah, overall for the year we are expecting that we will have higher finished cattle prices, averaging across the year, than we would have had last year. Your cost story there there isn't a whole lot happening cost wise um, in in the aggregate. I mean, we have a bit of movement on fertilizer price, but that's been offset by higher feed prices. So there's not a whole lot happening. In terms of production costs compared to last year still in, in, in a high cost environment but that's yeah that's an
1: extra thousand euro compared to last year and moving on to sheep again an interesting one um, not huge but look at all helps uh, sheep farms are to increase marginally by about five percent and that's going to bring average sheep farm income to about 17,300 in 2023 so just slightly behind your, your finishing system but uh, yeah you look at 17,300 five percent increase that's again it's, it's, it's a positive
5: it is and and i, I suppose probably a bit more positive than, than, than we thought of before we sat down to look at the numbers because um we had, you know, we had quite high feed costs there in that early part of the year, which is quite important from the perspective of the costs that you incur on a sheep farm. But all things considered, you're looking at about an extra €1,000 compared to figure we have for 22, but you're you're still down €2,000 on where we were in uh, 2020 and 2021. So, I mean, it's, it's an improvement, but we're not getting back up to the kind of level we were uh, with sheep, which was kind of chicken around close to the €20,000 mark mm. a couple of years back. But again, Agri, um, the, new, the New Agri scheme, the New acre scheme is helping there to kind
1: of give a little bit of a boost to income on uh, the sheep side as well. And finally, pigs, pigs are the uh, the area where I think everybody involved in agriculture has sympathy for pig farmers. It's just such a volatile industry and area. And the losses that have amounted uh, over the past couple of years are coming in at just over half a million euro. And at current profitability levels, it's estimated it will be April 2024 before these losses are fully recouped. That's not even talking about making a profit. That's about recouping their losses. What a challenging industry, uh, Trevor. Yeah,
5: you'd want you'd want a fair appetite for risk now uh, uh, to be getting involved in, in 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 the pig business. Um, yeah, they're 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 big numbers, and uh, I mean, you know, let's let's be fair. The pig the pig sector did have, uh, before the, the current situation, the pig sector did have a couple of very very profitable years. But um, what we've seen over the last you know eighteen months or two years or so has been a very tough time. And okay, the pig price has climbed a lot now over the last 12 months or so but you know in between that pig producers had uh so massive increase in costs you know their single biggest cost don't forget is feed so uh, and the next biggest cost after that is uh is energy so both of those went through the roof and uh for a long period there the pig price didn't respond um but yeah they're getting back into a situation where things are more reasonable but as as the Report suggests it's going to take
1: a long time to recoup uh, the losses that have been incurred in uh, the, the period before that. Absolutely, uh, Trevor. I'm going to say many thanks for the rundown there. We'll have you back at the end of the year with more concrete figures, but uh, a great analysis of where we are at at the moment. Thanks, Trevor. Okay, thanks, MJ. Uh, Trevor Donlin there from Chagas, and you can see. Uh, no more than last year obviously uh, dips uh, peaks and troughs uh, and being the main uh, loser uh, but still far and away the uh, most profitable area of agriculture and if you want to be a full time farmer looking at those figures dairy is the only way to go obviously look tillage if you can scale it up enough as well but uh, on the dry stock side of things they are part time enterprises there's just no question about that again unless it's a massive massive scale but for the most part Dairian uh, if you have a reasonable block of land or land this is what we would have said back in the last few years if you had land that you could rent, but that's that game is kind of uh, nearly up now for people. But uh, if your home farm is of a reasonable size, it is still the only way you're going to make a full time living from agriculture, given those figures. Now, coming up after a break, we're talking about tillage with Kieran McAvoy from Leash, so stay tuned for that, please.
0: Country Life on Midlands 103, brought to you by Show Burlington Business Park Tullamore. supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands, worshow.ie.
1: And you're welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to tillage. Kieran McAvoy on the line from County Leash. Kieran, many thanks for taking my call this evening.
0: Well, how are you, MJ?
1: We're good, Kieran. Look, the weather is our theme of the programme this evening. We're talking about it all evening long here. And for tillage farmers, more than any, it is a real, real issue now at the moment. Uh, what's the mood like, Kieran, uh, in the tillage community?
0: Ah, sure, look, everybody is concerned. There's no point in saying we're not. Look, I suppose the last evening I was on TMJ, uh, we were standing in the middle of a drought you know, and it, it has done its harm to the crop. And as well as it's frustrating then when you can't get those crops, whatever condition they are in it, when you can't get them out for harvest. So the mood is, is poor enough among tillage farmers. There's no point in saying it's not, you know. We're,
1: yeah. We were speaking earlier, uh, Kieran, and you mentioned to me that uh, farmers, tillage farmers may have to reconsider spring crops in general, just the way weather's playing out, the way springs are, and uh, look at different alternatives on their farms. That is really where we're at now. You really have to kind of uh, think, think outside the box. Yeah, look, I suppose
0: we would have never thought that it would come that quick that you need to make changes. But look, in my particular area there up around uh, Emo, kind of that Cool banahar area, we, we, we do seem to be hitting these hard droughts at the wrong time on spring crops. And, you know, there's no point in saying that it's, not, uh, it's It's happening more and more and more. And I think that's the way the weather is going to go for a cycle and, you know we'd have to look at different cropping on our farm anyway yeah absolutely
1: Uh, the area of uh, shallow cultivation is an issue at the moment obviously with the weather it's very hard to get in and get a get a crop cut let alone do anything else with it at the moment you have to shallow cultivate uh, 10 days uh, within 10 days of the harvest and you're looking for this to be pushed out by the minister uh Kieran?
0: yeah well look at where we have wrote to the minister in ifa the, the grain committee has wrote to the minister uh today letter has gone to him looking for an exemption for shallow cultivation for crop 23 or for harvest 23 Um when it was being brought in last year uh we did say that you know we we had fears of harvest like this i don't actually know of a full field of winter barley up our way that there's not a bit of star or headline somewhere that has to be turned or twist or mm. most of it you know so and like some of that's going on now for nearly three weeks sitting on the ground so like you are bra- you can't you know and it's pointless it's counterproductive to go out into wet fields and start cultivating or shallow cultivating them you're doing more harm than good you're in compacting soil and making muck so look at um, we would hope common sense will prevail and we will get an exemption for this year you know yeah. Oh, yeah, it think- is something that we had flagged MJ last year when they were bringing in the scheme, you know, um, you know, we 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 flagged it and We we had a lot of concern over that, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The last time I was speaking to you, Kieran, it was the first meeting of the Tillage Vision Group. So these Vision Groups are set up in all areas now, all industries in agriculture, tillage no different. There's a mid-term report coming out soon. Um, you've been involved in this, Kieran. What have you been pushing in this group over the course of the last couple of months?
0: Well, like, I suppose the, 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 there's a lots of problems in every sector, but I suppose in the tillage sector, the big problem that we see is the availability of land and the land rental market pressures. Like there's probably closer to 30% of the grain in Ireland is grown on rented or leased land. So the minister's talking that he wants to increase the area. We see a decline this year, and uh, you know there's going to have to be changes. So some of the things that we would be pushing for is um, we'd be looking for uh, a proper transfer of, of nutrients from from livestock farming to to tillage and that would keep you know uh people out of uh derogation and would keep people you know from having to go to land rental market Mm. like there's a lot of people out there mj who are renting the land um so that they don't put back in their cow numbers and that's fair enough we understand that but i think if they had an option out they don't want to or don't don't want to and don't need to be in the land rental market and I
1: mean, it's very you know, sensible, uh, Kieran. That 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 angle you have there is very sensible, and it's something that just needs yeah. to be hammered out. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah, and like there is ways of doing it. Like if you look at the the pig sector, they have they they have done this, and and you know what I mean. Most pig farmers have very little land of their own. They're they're doing proper transfer of slurry, and it's working. So you know, some accountable system that can be brought in and and actually get the slurry onto the land that needs it and yeah. uh, you know and, and it'll help both sides yeah,
1: yeah. Abso- absolutely the sure. other i suppose the other thing we'd be
0: pushing is for you know to to in, uh, increase the straw incorporation measure and um you know it's been a great success and i, I think it has helped stop the decline in tillage along with the, the the beans uh or the protein payments uh like the department have been very good there in in, in funding that as well so you know it's not all negative with the department either like but uh, at the same time uh there seems to be a willingness in this group to achieve the goals of it, so that's always a good thing, MJ. You know, it's a fairly positive group. Look, at, there's an awful amount of work and an awful amount of detail still to be done on it, but uh, at least it's it's it looks like it's heading in the right direction anyway.
1: Very good. Well, uh, Karen, look, fingers crossed for the weather is the big one at the moment. I'm going to say many thanks. I'm just out of time, so thanks for joining me this evening, Kieran.
0: And look, MJ, if I might just say, like, I know it's a busy time and. You know people are a bit worried in that but look as i said before this all this weather things and phenomena happened before and crops generally do get caught and you know what i mean and we get over to move on and just for people to bear safety in mind because there will be extremes of pressure you know just keep farm safety in their back to their head
1: absolutely well said karen many thanks uh karen mcavoy there from the ifa and that's it for this evening's program i want to thank everyone for joining me karen mcavoy trevor Donnell from chagas adam woods from the farmers journal and at the start of the hour we had cahill nolan from Ireland's Weather Channel and Pat Murphy from Connect IFA. The show is repeated on Sunday morning at 7am until 8am. I'll be back with you all this time next week as usual. Joe Cooney is up next with Country Roads and you can get us wherever you get your podcast. If you put in MJ space Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y will pop up. You can listen at your leisure. Good night and God bless and fingers crossed for some good weather. <music>